listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane at 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And Eric, our guest tonight is Micah Maloney, uh, currently working at Spokane Arts as the program director, correct? Yeah. And But Micah also has a, kind of a, a history, uh, was a baker, had her own business as a, as a baker, had her own bakery. And I didn't realize this. I just had a, did a quick little research, but you also had created a poetry chapbook. Um, oh, yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't realize you were, you were into the writing thing. So. I, am, I am into the writing okay, thing. So yeah. welcome, Micah. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and get to see you two. It's, it's, <laughs> I miss, like, you're both people that I think, like, uh, I count on running into at arts things and, diff- you know, just out and about. So it's... Absolutely. It'll happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Soon. So, Mike, I was thinking about you and Spokane Arts in general the last, mm-hmm. oh, maybe five or six weeks um, as we're kind of maybe like kind of like winter we're just sort of crawling out of this into mm-hmm. where we can kind of get hopeful about our you know live art and mm-hmm. all the things that spokane was was doing at full throttle i think uh before mm-hmm. march 13th last year but uh maybe i'll just start off how how has it been up until now since covid started for mm-hmm. spokane arts and just your temperature gauge on on how things have been going in spokane yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's hard like uh I try and be positive <laughs> in general and I am a, a like optimistic and positive person, but like it was a it was a hard year. I think that's an, uh Spokane Arts, like are as an organization, like we're fairly stable and we're fairly like um we're small enough and uh, set up in such a way that like our organization is, is fine. Like we're, we're weathering this uh, I think a lot better than a lot of other organizations that depend on say ticket sales for events. That's not how we operate. So, so us as an organization aren't like facing a lot of the stresses that a lot of other organizations and creative businesses have this year. Um, But what we do is support arts in the area and and so all of those individuals and organizations and and everyone else like feeling just extreme stress and restrictions and um you know shifting shifting opportunities i think has has been really hard and i think we have tried to figure out ways to kind of like like this year we like we advocacy is is one of the kind of like four pillars of what we do and I think this year that really bumped up a lot in a huge amount and showed up in some different ways um so yeah I think a lot of people kind of had to shift what they were doing and I think that at this point in the year or you know this in in the year not the calendar year necessarily but the year of COVID happening I think a lot of people have figured out a little bit of a holding pattern. Um, and what's tricky now is kind of looking ahead of like, okay, well, can we start planning again? What can we start planning? What makes sense to start like doing? I think it took a little while 
there were some really cool things that, um, like the, in the Northwest opera started doing the opera grams in the summer, um, that you could have an opera singer come to your backyard and sing to you for a like private performance. And that was a way that they were able to like fit safely within the restrictions at the time, do a bit of a fundraiser for their organization and keep those like singers working. Um, but like that obviously is a like seasonal thing. Um, and smoking arts doesn't have anything to do with that. I'm just mentioning that as a like thing I saw an arts organization do that I thought was really cool. But just timing wise, I feel like people were kind of finding their feet in the summer of like, oh, well, we can do this, or maybe we can adapt to this. We can do this patio seating. We can do, you know, these, these sort of like little different sort of events or something. And then everything shifts again and then everything shifts with the weather. And so I think at this point, you're, there's a lot of people are, are tired, um, are like, don't have the resources to kind of like keep throwing new attempts out there and to see what's going to work. And so I think, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of kind of holding and waiting. And I think that's, um, that's okay. It's winter also, you know, like, and so some stuff I think will naturally shift, uh, as we get into spring. Um, but yeah, I think there just is a lot that, that kind of remains to be seen. I mean, <laughs> Did you have any successes, you know, things that really worked out, Mm-hmm. As far as some of the, you know, maybe the, the grant appoint, you know, people that earned grant money to do various projects, it seemed like maybe some mm-hmm. outdoor painting or mural types of projects probably would do okay. Um, yeah, so we were able to actually, like, so I can talk a little bit on the grant side of things and the programming side of things. Um, and on the programming side, definitely, like, we, we didn't have to cancel any of the, like, art, uh, public art projects. Uh, the only things we had to, uh, like, cut in the last year were the, the sort of, like, gathering things. So, like, we weren't able to, we had to move our gallery shows online, so we weren't able to have First Friday events. Uh, we were able to do mural projects. We weren't able to do the same, like, community engagement sort of, or, like, celebration events around those murals happening that we normally would have um, or some other like workshops or professional development stuff but we were still able to um, install some more signal box art wraps install uh, I think it was a long year (laughs) three big mural projects I mean two the two court murals um, that we did in partnership with um, Hooptown, uh, USA. Uh, and so that was at the Peaceful Valley Court with Tiffany Patterson as the lead artist. Um, and then at the Chief Gary Park Court with Joshua Martell as the artist. Um, and both of those are like, that's, those are exciting mural projects in and of their own, but they're also, uh, super exciting because that's the beginning of a partnership with Hooptown, um, and the parks department in the city and, and, uh, multi-care that is going to like last for a while. We've got two more courts coming this year and hopefully we'll be able to keep doing those. Um, and there was also the court, I mean, not the court, a mural project in the, um, alleyway downtown, uh, on Howard there, uh, right by where like Soulful Soups is. And that was, uh, Jemaine Lynn, who's an artist, uh, based in Pullman, um, who did this really cool uh, swimming pool, um, you know, that got painted in the spring. 
So yeah, the mural projects were still able to happen. So that's great. Those were like in the works already. Um, this time of year is when we kind of plan the mural stuff and then those tend to get installed in the spring and summer. So those were, those are already in the works and about to happen. Um, and then this year there'll be one Hooptown court that the artist has already been selected for on uh, Thornton Murphy park. Um, and then the big center court at Riverfront park, which is going to be awesome. So that's actually like, uh, there's, it's basically like two plus courts. There's five hoops. Um, uh, and that'll be one big mural on that. Uh, and I think that's going to be a super fun, like it's a, the, the center court, uh, getting added into her front park is super fun. And the fact that we get to have a, a huge mural on it is, is really exciting. Um, you selected an artist for that one? Me? Yeah. So that is, that actually is Joshua Martel also. So he did, he got the chief Gary project and the, the hoop town or the riverfront park, um, which was exciting. I think the the riverfront park one, um, we had reached like, we did an open call for the other three courts and then for the, so that one we had applications from local artists, uh, regional and national court mural artists. Um, and for the Riverfront Park one, that process was a little bit different. We reached out to uh, a handful of court mural artists, um, including Joshua and the others were all, or most of the other ones were like our nationally known um, muralists and the committee just really loved his. And when we shared his work um, for community engagement in like a community poll, it was like far and away. People were, were super excited about it. So um, so that's kind of fun. He's He's grew up in Coeur d'Alene and has um, uh, been in a few other areas, but is gonna be based in Spokane uh, this year. So that's great. So does uh, he live in Spokane now or is he, uh, still? I like think he's been, he's been out doing another mural project, I think in Utah most recently. So he's not in Spokane now, but he was, um, when he installed at Chief Gary and he'll be moving here this year, which would be exciting. Oh, I was just yeah. thinking of future guest on, uh, art hours. He's getting ready to. Oh yeah. Thinking like a producer, Mike. I love it. Good, good, good. Yeah, good. right on. <laughs> So I'm assuming that anybody listening to this show probably is familiar with Spokane Arts, but oh, yeah. maybe just give like, um, what is the history of Spokane Arts? Because it's a fairly recent organization. Um, how long has it been around? How did it get founded? What is its purpose? Just give a little background on the organization. Yeah. yeah. So Spokane Arts is a uh, independent uh, arts nonprofit that sprung up uh, you're gonna, you can fact check me on this. I think it was like six or seven years ago. I'm bad with time, especially now we've lost a year, it feels like. So who knows how long it was. Um, but sprung up when um, the city cut the arts department uh, and there was a big community understanding and, uh, and other like partners, both within the city and the city council, but also like DSP, Downtown Spokane Partnership, um, Visit Spokane, um, and just other community members that understood that was going to leave a big hole uh, and that we would need a citywide arts organization with a, with a broad focus. So we are unique in that um, our, uh, our mission is to support arts and culture in the region and, and that includes both supporting individual artists and also other arts organizations. So we have our own um, like I said, we have our own programming, but we also um, administer the um, 
Spokane Arts Grants Awards. So Saga is our grant program. Uh, and so we give out direct grants to artists, um, individual artists, arts organizations, artist collectives. Um, and then we do advocacy and we also do professional development for artists. So those are kind of our four pillars of, of, of pieces that make up what we do. Um, and then we're tied, so we have our own governing board, uh, but we also, uh, our advisory board is the Spokane Arts Commission. Uh, and the commission is, uh, it is in the city charter that there is an arts commission that advises the city um, on public art. Uh, and so that is like the other city commissions is made up of volunteers that live in the city um, that get approved uh, by the city council and the mayor uh, and serve um, for the arts commission. They serve three-year terms. Um, and so that uh, we have... Um, 16 commissioners were actually in the process right now of, of, I think four really great commissioners just ended their terms at the end, at the end of last year. Um, so we'll be getting some, some new folks on the commission, which is always exciting. Um, but yeah, that commission serves as our advisory board. Um, and we, we are not, uh, that's kind of our tie to the city. Also the city, uh, contracts with us to administer public art projects also. So like the Chase Gallery located in City Hall, um, which isn't open right now, uh, but we've been doing online shows for most of 2020 and we'll um, hopefully be able to get back to doing in-person shows in 2021. But so we manage the Chase Gallery uh, and when the, like the sculptures and the murals, all of that like public art, we help administer those. So the city contracts with us, but we also do other projects with, um, other private and other public organizations locally and, and regionally. And you're partially funded by the city as well, correct? Yeah, through those. So there's kind of two things. One, like, uh, contracts based on like, so when there is a public art project that we're administering, there's like a, an, a small admin fee that goes into that, uh, to cover the staff time that goes into administering those projects. Um, but then also the um, SAGA program that I was mentioning is funded through the admissions tax. And so that uh, we get a very small percentage of that, but it, uh, it is amazing how uh, through the grant program uh, that turns into like such a huge impact, I think, in our, in our artist community here. Um, and so that uh, the SAGA program we give out in three rounds in the year. Um, grants up to $10,000. And uh, again, that's for individual artists can apply uh, for a project that they, that they're either, that they're starting that they want to do for um, something that they've been working on. So maybe they've written a book, but they're, they need to do the book tour or some, it can kind of be at any point in, in your project um, for individual artists and then artist collectives um, or small groups and then large art, arts organizations can also um, apply for grants. So we fund um, a huge range of things for that. And I always encourage people to like look at our website at the past grantees for that, because it really is, um, we fund in every discipline also. So uh, including food, which as you know, like I have, I have an interest in food things and uh, we, it is sort of unique for arts organizations and, and arts grants 
art grant projects to like to fund culinary art things. And that is something that we do and we want to do more of. Um, so especially I think in this like incredibly difficult uh, time for culinary um, creatives and businesses, um, it's definitely something to look into. Um, you know, a $10,000 grant isn't going to uh, keep a restaurant alive. Um, and it's not, it's for restaurants or for anything, it's not meant to be, the saga grants aren't meant to be the sort of sustaining funding type grant that you would count on and apply for every year and, and look to just like work into your budget. Um, it really is more project-based, but it is also for operational support. And so that is something that we pushed more this year to remind people that um, it even if it's not going to be sustaining funding, there are restrictions on, okay, if you've gotten a grant, you can't receive one for a set amount of time. Um, you're encouraged to apply for a different aspect of support or something. Um, but we do just, we do operational support for, for organizations. And, um, and I think that was something that we saw more of a need for in this last year. Uh, and we're able to help fund, um, uh, through Saga. We also do, uh, we did some different grants also this year. So we had some direct artist relief grants outside of the Saga program um, and individual grants that were uh, in this last spring that we did right away as kind of a stopgap, um, just $500 grants for individual artists. And those were um, through some of our own funds um, that we had from a private donor uh, and then fundraising the community donated to help give money that we could pass on to artists. And that, that was exciting to be able to do something right away. Um, and I think, I think when Melissa was on, she talked a lot about that because we had, we were kind of in the midst of that. Sure. You're listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza, featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza, beer, and wine at 1011 South Perry Street and online at southperrypizzaspokane.com. Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, The Blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. I'm living for the weekend. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. You're invited to cruise Americana Avenue with me, Jim Tate, in your car or at the office, each Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m. You'll hear the best in progressive American roots music in a multitude of styles. It's Americana Avenue on your radio station, KYRS.
Art Hour relies on support from listeners like you. Just $3 a month helps keep KYRS going strong, and you can help by texting Give KYRS to 44321. That's all one word Give KYRS to 44321. Art Hour receives support from Saga, the Spokane Arts Grant Award. Information online at spokanearts.org. If you would like to listen to any of our old shows, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts by searching for Art Hour. I was going to say, you were just talked about having to raise money. So that was, I was wondering about that with the, the grant awards. Is that money that you have to raise or is part of that subsidized by the city and if it is, what's kind of the balance? Like, how do you sustain that from yeah. year to year? So that, uh, the Saga Grant specifically, that program um, is funded through the admissions tax. Uh, so like I said, a small percentage of the admissions tax comes to Spokane Arts to, to run the Saga program and to, to create the, the money that is those grants. Um, and so that means every time you're buying a ticket for a movie or a theater performance or a concert, um, that there's a small tax that then goes into a pool of, of funds of which part of that goes to Saga. So that that's a couple year delay, I think, on the way that works from how that money comes in and gets taxed and then comes to us. So that is something that we are like already last year, we're really actively starting to think about like, okay, there's a huge, huge need right now. So we're actually able to um, pull a little bit of some of the money that had been earmarked for, I believe 2021, there was going to be like a little extra, like the, that, that admission section, because arts in, in the area have like, things have been getting busier and busier. Like, things were great. <laughs> Remember, we were all doing things and it was, there was so much happening. And Saga had been around for three years and I think there is a direct thing also of what's kind of great about the admissions tax is, it, and putting some of the admissions tax back into funding arts events is that it, it feeds and grows in this thing. So um, it had been growing and we were on a trajectory for the like pool of money to grow. Um, and we had already kind of paced that out a little bit so that it would be um, a little more even. Uh, and then with COVID and, and knowing that suddenly not this year, but next year um, that fund is going to be significantly smaller. Um, so we've, are trying to figure out kind of how to adjust for that, what we can do, balance that out a little bit. I mean, I think, like I said, we were still, um, it had been growing every year. Um, there will still be money in that fund, but I think that is kind of remains to be seen a little bit how, uh, how we'll kind of play that out a bit. But yeah, that's not, we don't fundraise from other things for the saga pool that that sort of fund of money is it's is that one thing from the admissions tax um and then our other projects and our other programs um come from different sources um so yeah i don't uh i don't have to i don't have to make the like difficult decisions about how to kind of parse that out um but it is gonna be it's 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 gonna be hard uh but i think 
hopefully the, the way that it kind of works is that in the same way that taking some of that, that, um, that a little bit of that tax and feeding that back into creative projects and events and then that growing is that then also on the other side, okay, so then we had that pool of money that when everyone is in desperate need for their, you know, their zero ticket sales, they have, they cannot have anyone come in. How do you keep these performing arts things? How do you keep these spaces, um, afloat in the meantime, uh, where it's worth it to, to take, to put more money into that and to help keep those afloat because then hopefully in the next year, the need isn't as strong. So maybe in 2022, we're, we have to give smaller grants or we're giving fewer grants. Um, which is unfortunate and is a bummer because everyone is still having all these great ideas for projects they want to do. Um, and I think we'll be, I think we'll see sort of a, a burst of creativity as people come out of this. Um, but hopefully also what we'll see is a burst of people being so excited to go to concerts, to go to shows, to support the like venues and, and events that are happening that that will like rebuild and kind of regenerate that fun. So um, it should work out great. Yes. Yes. So you're picking up the slack while things are low and then hopefully the seesaw comes and, and mm-hmm. pick you back up on the other end. Yeah. So, yeah. so how long have you been the program director at Spokane Arts? Well, I have been the program manager for three years. And I didn't correct you when you said program director because I think I just got a title, uh, <laughs> whatever that's called in this. <laughs> so I think a couple of weeks. <laughs> so what, what yeah. does that mean? What is your capacity as the program director? Um, so program-wise, Spokane Arts does a huge range of things. What it basically means is everything but Saga. So I'm sorry, Shelly, for anything I just said wrong about the grants. <laughs> I don't know if you've talked to Shelly, but she's great. She's our grants administrator. Um, and she is, uh, such a great resource for people that are, uh, getting into grant writing for the first time. You should definitely like have her on just because she's like, I think everyone should know her. She's such a good resource. Um, but on the program side, that means I'm helping with, um, all the rest of the things we do, which is that, uh, murals, um, the signal box art wraps, um, public art projects. Um, what else do we do? The, um, professional development, which tends to be like workshops or panels that that's one of the things that did kind of get cut last year. Um, and this year we'll, we'll kind of be continuing to like figure out what kind of resources we can share online. Um, and then the chase gallery managing that. Um, so in a way what you do is pretty much everything that the public sees. Yeah. Although like the, like the, the programs and events and stuff that, that we put on, um, and the public art stuff that is, I mean, cause our staff is Melissa. So Melissa does 
a ton <laughs> and then uh, helping out where I can. <laughs> um, and then Shelly does all the grant stuff. And then we have Karen Mobley who um, is contracted to help with public art stuff. And she's a great resource um, with a huge amount of, of, of knowledge of public art. And so um, I'm kind of, I'm getting to be a little more involved in some of the bigger public art projects um, this year, which is kind of nice to get to learn more from Melissa and Karen on that side of things. Um, and then we also have like a marketing assistant and, and gallery assistant, which is great. Katie. So in so, your job, oh, go ahead. Uh, um, I was wondering as a program manager or director, what are the things that, you know, the common lay person would go that they wouldn't realize what kind of work you have to do behind the scenes? I mean, what is the stuff that, you know, the lady behind the curtain, you know, is it, <laughs> is it not a immense amount of paperwork? Are there lots of regulations when you actually do a piece of public art? Um, mm -hmm. Are there things you have to do from, you know, and following guidelines or city guidelines or policies and procedures? I was always curious to know just what is entailed. Like, for example, doing the large, the center court for hoop fest. So mm -hmm. Let's just say we're going to do that. I mean, what are, what are the big things you do? behind the scenes to pull that off so for all this i mean like a lot of what we do is we have uh we'd like to have open calls for artists so that we can um get applications from a wide range of people and um so like for murals and signal boxes and and other other projects also and so Michael, when you say open calls does that mean anybody who has any idea at all can just submit something to you um, yes. So different projects have different restrictions on, on what those are, but they tend to be like, sometimes there's a geographic restriction, like it's a, a regional call or maybe it is a national call. Um, but usually unless it is something I'm trying to even think if we have anything, I will like the, we are doing, uh, another round of the art wraps, the single box art wraps, um, that's, open just for students. So that's Spokane area students. Um, but it's not just the city, it's Spokane area and it's high school students. So that, that would be an example of like the most restricted group. Um, usually it's regional um, artists. And so that, that really can be anybody. And so sometimes those calls are a request for um, qualification. So that tends to be for like a bigger public art project, like a sculpture or something. The first round is going to be a um, an artist sharing their like resume and qualifications, not necessarily their like proposal or idea. Um, but for a lot of the other things like uh, a mural project, the art wraps, um, we've got another call that's going to be coming up with the um, public libraries as they're redoing and, and putting in the new buildings. In addition to large art projects, they're also going to be able to purchase um, portable works it's called um so that's basically like mostly it'll be 2d um maybe some smaller 3d art that will become part of the library's collection of art that they'll be able to display in their new spaces um so for those it's a specific um piece of work or for like the murals you're you're applying with a specific proposal so in in the murals projects the open call is still going to consider your experience and the, the selection committee is going to be evaluating um, your design proposal and your like ability to execute the project. Um, but those are 
those are open to everyone to apply. And that's what's kind of, that's one of the nice things about the art wraps um, is that those are kind of a good entry level public art project because you don't have to have um, a lot of experience or show, oh, I know how to project manage and I can install this giant court mural, which is a, is a more technical feat than, um, than submitting a, an illustration to be printed uh, for the art wrap. So it's a good, um, I think, entry-level public art project. The murals um, are, uh, you know, a little bit bigger, but are, it's kind of, we're, we're working on ways that we can have um, mural projects for people of different sizes, you know, like, like, it's fun to do giant murals. I'm super excited about this court mural that's going to be huge. And we've done like, you know, even the big like underpass murals that you see a lot of, those are, those are big projects. Um, but I'm hoping this year we're going to have a nice mix of some smaller murals also. Um, because then that lets people that maybe have, painting or other experience and an interest in getting in murals, but haven't ever done a mural before. And so that, that is a way for us to like, uh, get more and more people involved in, in public art, which is a big thing where we're always wanting to do is broaden the field of, of who's involved. Sure. And the number of people who already know how to do a mural is probably pretty small. So by making those smaller murals, you'll get a lot more people involved. That makes a lot of sense. And the, um, I mean, I guess I, I misunderstood what you were saying earlier, but I still have a question about that. Because when you said open call, you, you're saying this is what we want to do. We want an artist who will be able to do this and anybody can apply. Um, it can be a student, however. What if I were an artist who had an idea for something that nobody's doing, that Spokane Arts hasn't said anything about, and I said, I think this would be a really cool thing. Is that something that people can just say, uh, I'm just going to go apply for a grant, even though Spokane Arts doesn't even have any idea that I have this going in my head? Could they come to you and do that? Yeah, so that actually, that's a great uh, question for what I do in my job, <laughs> because a lot of it is... Um, people reaching out and being like, whether it's an individual or organization that's like, with this idea, we want to do this. Um, and so and that's part of my job that I really like is getting to talk to people about um, what they're planning, what they're hoping to do, and then, and then either connect them and say, uh, hey, I think so-and-so's wanting to do something similar over at this organization. You should go talk to them. Or often, uh, if it was like, oh, Eric, you've got this great idea that no one is doing. Uh, you should apply for a Saga grant, and I'll direct you to Shelly, and she's going to help you uh, with your grant writing, and, and this is maybe like what you can focus on or something. Um, or sometimes it'll be, uh, oh, that's a great idea. We should do that. Let's figure out if there's a way for Spoken Arts to, to have that as like a program, um, which is not to say we just get to like, I would love to get to just invent new programs every time someone has a great idea. Um, but we do like, there certainly are things where it's like, we start to hear things over and over and then it's like, how do we find a way? Like if that's not happening somewhere, if that's not something that is suited for Saga, then like, is that something we can, can make happen in another way? But like I said, Saga is, uh, from such a diverse range of projects and different disciplines that like often that's what it is. That it's like, if you, if you've got an idea that doesn't fit, um, a call that we have, then we're going to send you to Saga, um, 
I kind of like to see more open-ended arts opportunities, honestly, where it is like, okay, we've got a small amount of money. Uh, what's your project that you want to do for this? Um, just because there's so many great things that go to Saga and, and can't get funded. Um, but Yeah, I was thinking about that as you were talking. What's the ratio of applicants that go in for a particular open call of those that apply and those that actually get it on average? I can even give you an average because it varies so much. I mean, sometimes we're getting like, I would say, you know, a hundred applicants for one thing. And sometimes it's you know, 30 and there's going to be five things. Like it just really, it, it really ranges a lot. I think, um, and even the, I don't know the saga numbers as far as like the number of applicants that tend to apply for each round. Um, the, the reason why I ask because I'm, it's sort of like, you know, any other, like a, a writer, for example, mm-hmm. you have lots of writers that produce stuff and then they, how many of them actually get published, you know, and then that, that whole thing about being turned down or being mm-hmm. rejected. So I was wondering what advice you had, if there was a number, cause we have a lot of uh, yeah. emerging artists in Spokane. And I see that at the terrain, for example, you'll see a lot of artists that you typically don't see with, um, attached to any big, big mm-hmm. things that are going on. But you see a lot of artists that are uh, showing their work like at terrain, but you know, maybe they get dejected. I don't, I don't know. I was just curious to know. Mm-hmm. If you no, I'm actually rejection and what advice you would have for them yeah. persevering. Yes. Thank you for asking that. That is a great question. Uh, keep applying is the advice. Um, and ask for feedback. So, it, it totally ranges sometimes though, like how many people apply to how many people get selected for different opportunities, but in everything, whether it's the grants or the murals or anything else, like it, so many people that get funded or get selected have already applied for the same grant or a similar project or a, a similar open call two, three, four, five times. Like you see the same names coming in. Um, and then you see a lot of names that come in once and then don't ever apply for it again. And that is such a bummer. Um, especially then sometimes we have conversations with people that are totally hurt. I mean, and it sucks not to get picked for something always, but, uh, you're not running it. <laughs> Most people don't get picked the first time they apply for something. Um, and so I think like it's hard not to take it personal. Uh, but that's the biggest thing is really, you can't take it personal. You need to come, you need to get feedback. Shelly is great at giving really detailed f- feedback for Saga. I try and give feedback whenever I can. I mean, in both cases with, with Saga and with the public art stuff, um, the Spokane staff person that's helping administer the project, we're not selecting the artists. We're helping administer the selection process, which means we're getting a group of people together to be the selection committee. Usually that involves project partners, arts commissioners, um, community or neighborhood representatives, depending on what the project is. So that's another thing is that group of people 
is different each time. Um, so like the saga panel sits for a year uh, and then it's a whole new group of people. The murals uh, selection committee tends to change for each project. Sometimes the arts commissioners will be the same if they're on the murals committee. Um, so the Spokane Arts staff person gets to be the one that's, that can say things like, oh, hey, this person's applied five times. They were a finalist before, you know, like, you know, or sometimes people will ask that of like, have, have they applied or like how, what is their like growth been or something. And so it doesn't, it doesn't hurt you in any way to, uh, it doesn't hurt you even to put in a like bad application just as long as you're not going to get bummed that you don't get selected and you're going to take it as a learning process, because especially with grant writing, there is so much that goes into that, that I always encourage people like if you have the time, because that is a huge cost and resource to apply for these things. But if you have the time and the energy to put yourself out there for these things and you want to be, uh, you want to be getting grants or projects uh, you need to be applying over and over and over again. I think Karen, not in 2020, but in like 2018 or 2019, her own personal project was to apply for a hundred things uh, in the year. And I believe she did it. And she did. And, and out of that, she got, uh, uh, she's got a show right now at the art museum in, in uh, Moses Lake. She's got a, um, she got a show out of that year of applications um, in a Missoula um, art gallery and she got a local projects also and uh, a book of poetry published like she got a lot out of it but put a ton into it and I think that is something that like you really have to keep applying for things and I think that's I've heard other people say the numbers of like um, for every 50 things or for every 100 things you apply for you might get one and so that I think is really like, that's not a joke. I mean, I know there's a big difference between 50 and a hundred, but like, uh, those aren't exaggerated numbers. Those are the numbers that are accurate for other arts professionals that we've, we've talked about. So it's like, or talked with. And so I think that's like something to keep in mind and something that I think the visual arts community has, uh, a lot of growth <laughs> to do around. I mean, it's something we've talked about is like the, the literary community in Spokane is really strong. Um, the literary community in general is also really good at applying for a lot of things and taking criticism and taking rejection and learning from it. The visual arts community, I think, uh, and you can email me about this if this bothers you. <laughs> visual arts community I think gets like more hurt and concerned that it is is a personal rejection either of their their art or them personally or their organization or their them as an artist or something and I think that's a real shame um so yeah sorry I give long answers Um, (laughs) I think Eric Eric and I probably come across this theme almost every time when we talk about artists, you know, making that next leap, becoming established, whether they're a writer or whatever, is they were willing to put in the time. I mean, time and time again, you don't get somebody that just, you know, a flash of brilliance without putting in the work. It never mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. So, and I think you're right about that. I read a lot of th- threads. You know, we have a lot of, my wife has a lot of artists on her Facebook 
And sometimes a thread will go out about that, you know, around <laughs> that kind of whole thing. But yeah, I, there's no substitute for perseverance. Well, and even with Karen Mobley, I mean, she she's an established artist and has been for decades. And even she experienced more rejection than she did acceptance. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that that I mean, I know I think I've said it a few times now, but that like getting feedback is such a, a big thing and different. Like that's one of the benefits, I think, like the. The Saga program, I think, is such a benefit for our community, not just in the the money that it gives to people, but in that we really want it to be a resource for people, both that get funded and as an opportunity to, like, develop as a grant writer. Um, And I think that that is something that but so you know, I think you can, you can get some feedback from a lot of different grant opportunities, but not to the level of like detail and support that um, that we're able to have Shelley give people. And I think that's a huge resource because then yes, you have to put you invest this time into writing your grant application and getting these materials together, and and you're gonna apply for different projects or different things, but what you're gonna learn from that experience, you're gonna be able to take and put into other grants also. And I think that's, that's huge. So I, I think the, like that resource and that feedback, um, is a big kind of like cheat code that for some reason people don't, I think recognize is right there for them always. Um, and, uh, but also, I mean, like, even like I try and give feedback on, on mural and, and other applications, um, I'm actually remember, I think I need to email a couple people. So if you're listening and you applied for the Chase Gallery, I haven't forgot you. It's just been a weird year. Uh, but we do try and give that feedback because it's so important. And I think you can also like, I mean, there's always the balance of, of um, I mean, email me whatever questions you want. That's part of my job is to be a resource for people. But I think also like other artists that you see, like you want to be respectful of their time and energy and their knowledge as a resource but it doesn't hurt to ask someone that you see as being successful or that you admire their work in the community uh whether they're doing similar work to you uh or they're someone who you you there's something about their art practice that you admire um or respect or or would like to like emulate in your own practice, like reach out to that person on Facebook or email, um, be respectful of their time. Uh, but a lot of people are willing to give some feedback. And if you're willing to take honest feedback and criticism, again, that's something that like, we were actually in conversations of like, how can, is that something that we can help, um, facilitate as an arts organization is like crit groups or other things for visual artists. Um, and that kind of got set aside last year. Um, but I'm hoping in the next, like hopefully in 2022, we'll really be able to ramp up a lot of our professional development resources and stuff for people, which that I think would fall under on how to have, we were, we were doing some artist meetups and stuff, which are a more casual kind of networking type thing. Um, but again, that's something that the literary community does really well, um, that artists visual artists and, uh, and other, other types of creatives I think could, could benefit from kind of modeling after that. 
So, Mike, I'm kind of curious as uh, what what did you take from your experience as a um, a creative in baking? Let's just say the, the food part of that, um, and also the business aspect. But what part of that past life that you were doing carries over to make you really effective at what you're doing now as a program manager or director for Spokane Arts? I mean, I think having like um a small business experience and like food service experience, I think are like really useful for any, like to take into any field or job uh, just because it is like, they are very challenging. You know, I mean like food service has a part of the reason that, that food service is like, there's lots of reasons that food service is having like such a, difficult time this year but part of it is there everyone is operating on these tiny margins and and working in such a like difficult field to begin with um uh sorry that's not the question <laughs> I, just like, I want to just like hug everyone that has a food business <laughs> Uh, what did I take? In well, there's, there's a lot of, uh, I think, in the business. Appreciation that I get to sit. Sometimes. Um, but then right, enhancing this, there's a creative aspect to it, but there's also that um, perseverance. But I was, you know, there. I was wondering yeah. how much this transferred over. I mean, I, obviously yeah. there's the love of creativity, but also, I mean, did it, did it harden you? Not harden is probably not the right word, but it kind of give you a toughness about about when you're going to do something. You got to get in. You there's a certain uh, rigor that you have to apply mm -hmm. to no matter what you do, but also mm -hmm. you can be creative within those confines. Mm -hmm. You know that's interesting. I think that like uh, one of the things probably is that like that balance of staying true to what you want to do and also like adapting to like what your business demands. If you're, I mean, and, and obviously this is going to like, this matters in different percentages or something. If you're trying to make your art a business, uh, I, I mean like a lot of like, Saga grants and Spokane art programs aren't just for professional artists. So don't get me wrong in that way. But, um, but a lot of the people that, that are applying for things and, and uh, that we're working with are trying to make their artwork, their primary um, source of income and, and to run it as a business, even if they're also doing other stuff as well. Um, and I think that like having my own experience and understanding of that helps me, I think kind of look at that a little bit differently that like everyone has to do that in a different way for different projects and different things like it, it's going to always break down differently but you're always going to have that question of like uh you know what I want to make and what people want to buy and I do, and sometimes those are in conflict and sometimes they're not and sometimes they're like Sometimes it's a matter of, uh, you know, I'm having a great time baking what I want to bake at home. <laughs> I 
don't have to worry about trying to sell it for a hundred dollars. But I think like understanding both the like a need for that and also the like incredible like difficulty and tension of that. And also having like a lot of, of like understanding that like sometimes the answer to that is no is like is I want to make this and I need to stay true to this thing that I want to make and and so then it's just a matter of of the communication around it um or something else that figuring out how to get the grant or the funding for it or something like no I'm not trying to say that that like everything needs to become sellable but that it is like that tension always of of creating and money I guess Mm -hmm. um yeah. So I think that's something. I think also the other thing is just like a lot of what I do is uh, is working with people, uh, which I really like. I uh, miss that it's not just emailing people. Uh, but whether it's like helping kind of guide people through an application process um, or working together on developing a program or something, um, that's really fun and I like that and I think that sort of like teamwork and stuff is something that like you have to that's a skill that you have to develop working in food I think and and in having a small business and working for small businesses if you took your most favorite thing that you've baked or created which one best if which one best matches your personality I'm so bad at these, like, like anytime I would be asked about, like, oh, it's your favorite kind of, like, I literally kind of only think of, like, the last thing I made. <laughs> so right now in my kitchen, and that I'm going to eat after we're done here, is uh, an apricot almond um, crunch cake that I made. So that that probably is a perfect um, example of me because it's the last thing I made. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, with the last few minutes we have, uh, can you maybe share some things, some calls that you have out right now with Spokane Arts? Um, I know we had Chris Cook on recently about his In the Neighborhood uh, poetry call. What, What are some other things going on out there that Spokane Arts is looking for? Yeah. So in the neighborhood, again, that that call is open for um, the whole community to submit poems. um, And that deadline is through the end of February. Um, So that uh, is definitely something people should apply for and not to be intimidated if you're not, if you don't consider yourself a poet. Um, It's a community writing project. So we want a whole range of things. Um, And then we have a lot of other stuff that's coming really soon, but the calls aren't open right now. And so that's going to be... a few different mural projects. So those will probably come out in March and maybe April, those calls. Um, another round of signal box art wraps, which we've done for the last two years with um, STCU as a partner. Uh, and so that will have the student call coming out, um, I think next week. And then uh, another like citywide call for those uh, in March. Uh, so those are both coming up. And then, like I said, the library portable works call. Uh, I'm pretty sure that also is going to come in March. So March is really going to, some things will start opening up in February. March is going to be a ton of things. And the the library call is awesome because that is uh, existing work. 
So like right now what we're doing is working with the library to, to say, you know, these are the new buildings. This is what's going here and here. This is what you have. Um, and then here's where you have this wall space and, or this is what type of room this is. And this is what we want. And so then we get to find out, okay, we need to, we need to find X number of pieces to fill these gorgeous new buildings. Um, and so that will be people will be able to apply with their existing work for that mostly two dimensional. And then the library will be able to purchase that. So that's, that's exciting. Um, I feel like there's another, oh, I would just give a plug for the artist roster, which, so that's not a like specific opportunity, but that is something that we have as a like free open directory on our website. So it's not, you don't have to like apply to be part of it. We don't um, like filter it or anything. It's like you apply or you submit your information and, and then you're part of the artist roster. And that directory is for, uh, a community resource for people to be able to find you and your work. So they can, then people can go to our website and search for, uh, they can filter by the different art types or they can search for more specific things like murals or something. And, and it'll pop up with all the artists that are on the roster that do those things. And so um, that, like I said, it's free. It's simple to add yourself to that. There's a form uh, right on our homepage that says like, see the artist roster. And when you go there, it'll say join the artist roster. Um, so that's something that we did a big push for at the end of the year. Like that was a new feature when we had, I think our new website, our new website has been around for a little over a year now, but uh, we really did a big push this winter because that was part of a whole marketing campaign to help direct people to, I mean, cause that's something I think that like, what can I do to help artists and the creative community? And it's like, hire them, <laughs> like, buy art from them and get music lessons from a musician that can't perform right now, but can do lessons on zoom and uh, hire a photographer and, and, and get design work done. And there's all sorts of things for your, for yourself or for your business. Um, and so you can find these people on, on the artist roster. So all the artists out there should definitely add themselves uh, to the roster. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And keep your eye on the Spokane Arts website mm -hmm. for the calls. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, it was so good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. It's good to yeah. see your face. Good to see, see you, Micah. And thank to, uh, for Spokane Arts for their contribution to Art Hour. And we do a, we, in our show, we, we plug Spokane Arts every week. So we every appreciate week. it. <laughs> awesome. Love it. All right. See you again soon, I hope. Okay. Good to see you both. All right. All right. Bye, Micah. Bye.